on today's episode of the Bourbon Bites Podcast. I'm reviewing Wild Turkey Master's Keep 1, talking about the U.S.'s decision to end tariffs on American whiskey, and talking about the upcoming Ultimate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles collection. everyone and welcome to the Bourbon Bites podcast, Whiskey Reviews with a Gaming Twist. I'm your host Clifton and welcome to another news and whiskey reviews uh, themed podcast. I realized last week I didn't really get into much news and there's been a lot going on in the gaming and the whiskey world. So I want to take a little bit of time to get into some of those top stories, um, but also review a new whiskey to me, thankfully sent to me by one of you guys. Big shout out to the bourbon noob, Patrick Starkey. Thank you so much for sending this sample for today's review. This is Wild Turkey Masters Keep 1, the limited edition release from 2021. I have not had the chance to try this nor have a bottle of this. Um, so I'm so, so grateful for Patrick for sending this over. Um, I've been really curious. I was such a fan of the Master's Keep from 2020, um, which was the 17-year bottle and bond. And the fact that this is aged in toasted barrels gets me very, very excited. So I know I'm a little bit late to this review. I know a lot of people have reviewed it in the past few months, but I'm, I'm glad to finally get it. I tried to get my hands on a bottle um, <laughs> to no avail, um, but I'm thankful for this amazing community of viewers and patrons and just friends of the show. So I'm going to go ahead and get this poured while I tell you a little bit about this release. So this year's Master's Keep is a tribute to Jimmy Russell's love for mid-aged bourbons. So the majority of these are between 9 and 10 years old in this batch. Um, there's also a selection of 14-year-old uh, Kentucky bourbon in here as well um, that were blended to create Wild Turkey Master's Keep 1. So with this release, they used new oak barrels that were specially toasted and charred and aged in one of Jimmy and Eddie's favorite rickhouses, Tyrone G, for this release. This one comes in at 101 proof and is available for about $175 MSRP, um, depending on your area. So my experience with toasted barrel whiskey has been generally positive. Honestly, some of the best whiskeys I've tried have been a toasted barrel. So I'm very, very excited for the opportunity to try a toasted barrel wild turkey release. I think what they do with the extra um, toasting on the barrels really brings out a vanilla, kind of like a marshmallow, toasted marshmallow kind of note. Um, that's what I'm really hoping for in this glass. I don't know for sure whether to expect this with this one. Again, I have not read many reviews of this. I've been trying to hold off my... Uh, interpretation of this whiskey until I tried it myself. So you're getting a real-life first impressions because I just poured this for the very first time and I'm so so excited to get into this whiskey. So let's go ahead and give it a nose. Ooh, that's that's really good on the nose. I think it's classic wild turkey. It doesn't stray too far from what I expect from that, you know, nosing of the whiskey. There's that spice there. There's like a bit of like a plum kind of note that I've I've come to learn that it's a typical wild turkey note. I sometimes describe it as like a kind of like a dusty kind of red berry, but no, I think I'm getting plum on this, especially on the nose. But it's it's very typical, but it's it's very, very delicious. I'm so excited to get into this. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on the nosing notes and just go in for a taste. So let's go ahead and try this. Again, thank you so much, Patrick, for sending this over. Um, Y'all go follow Bourbon Noob on Instagram. I'll link to it in the description of this podcast. Um, just a great guy. And overall, just him and Heather have just supported this show since the beginning. So cheers to the amazing Starkies. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad it lived up to my expectations of it. 
it really maintains all of the um, depth and intensity that I, I would hope for. You know, it's always a, kind of like a gamble when it's released at these lower proofs. I mean, last year it was 100 proof bottled in bond. Some people felt like it didn't really live up to the Master's Keep name with previous releases. I loved last year's release. I think the Bottle and Bond 17 year was one of my favorite wild turkey products I've ever tried. With the exception of the single cast nation um, picks they've done before wild turkey that have been absolutely fantastic. Um, this though, I think it's kind of right up there with last year's release. But I'm really intrigued by how this uh, toasted barrel is impacting this whiskey. It does really bring out those softer vanilla notes, more so than I've ever gotten on a wild turkey product before. And while it's soft with that, it's rich um, with the spice that follows. So up front, it's very sweet. It's very desserty. But really, the spice comes out on the end. It gets a bit of a cinnamon kick towards the end of the palate. And the finish is just incredible for such a, you know, I don't want to say low-proof whiskey, but for a, you know, 101-proof <laughs> whiskey. Man, this is just fantastic all around. I will say I had a pour of Wild Turkey 101 right before this, just to sort of familiarize myself with the flavor profile of the distillery, as well as the proof, and this just completely blows that away, which you would expect from a $175 version compared to like a $20, $25 version. Um, but, you know, this is a lot older, a lot richer, and a lot more, um, I guess, hand-selected, like we said in the description. I mean, these barrels were very much particularly chosen by Eddie um, to represent, you know, what his father, Jimmy Russell, likes. Um, and I think they did a fantastic job. I mean, man, dare I say this is one of the best wild turkeys I've ever had. The toastiness kind of expresses itself um, a little bit different than I've had on other whiskeys. Normally I say toasted marshmallow, but this one is so vanilla forward. I almost feel like it's like a toasted like creme brulee, you know, like the kind of topping of a creme brulee. There's a little bit of that like sweet, like crisp kind of sugar, um, kind of like the little bit of a burnt sugar note on it. I'm um, not quite as much as like marshmallowy as I've had on other toasted whiskeys, but still very desserty, very rich, and just complimentary of everything that wild turkey has going for it. There is a little bit of fruitiness there too. Um, I said plum on the nose, but I'm almost getting like a little bit of like a like a orange kind of zest. Not necessarily like the sweet orange, like an actual orange, like you know, <laughs> fruit, but more of like orange peel. Like when you zest an orange peel on top of a cocktail, I'm getting a little bit of that on there as well. And I didn't mention the oak, but the oak kind of sits very balanced on the like back end of the palate. So all of these like sweet and fruity notes that I'm getting like up at the front and mid palate are really just finished off by that like oakiness, that well-aged oak on the finish. Wow. I mean, that's that's honestly one of the best things I've tried so far this year. I wish I would have tried it last year. Definitely would have made my top bourbons of 2021, um, but I am trying it this year, so I can't include it. But Wow. Man, that is fantastic. Thank you so much, Patrick, for sharing with that with me. And for those of you out there that have tried it already, I mean, did y'all enjoy it as much as I did? Because this is an experience. I, I'm so glad that I tried a little bit of the Wild Turkey 101 before, then moved to this. I'm seeing such a drastic increase in quality, increase in age, and just increase of depth to this whiskey. I mean, that is such a fantastic pour. So in terms of being able to buy this, you know, it's it's I have not seen it on the shelves even when it first came out. Um, I know a lot of bars still have some pours of this, so if you're considering trying this, definitely give it a try at a bar if it's at a reasonable price. I think this is probably, like I said, one of my favorite wild turkeys. I mean, the only other thing that I think may be better than this that I've had from the distillery 
is those single cask nation uh, selects, which are barrel proof, you know, very, very well aged wild turkey. Um, those, those are incredible. If you get a chance to try those, I mean, absolutely. Those are hard to come by. I know a few of my friends have bottles that I've kind of sampled out of. Um, but yeah, this is absolutely fantastic. Honestly, I would love to try to compare it to other Masters Keep. My experience is limited to just the um, bottle and bond from last year, as well as the um, one released only for uh, Australia and New Zealand. Um, that one's also great. That one's a little bit lower proof. I think this one definitely edges out ahead of that one. Um, but this one, compared to the bottle and bond, I, I don't really know for sure. So if y'all want to see me compare, you know, all the master's keeps that I have, let me know. I can do definitely do a live stream doing that if that's something that y'all are interested in. So um, let me know on Discord uh, in the podcast channel if that's something y'all want to see. So I'm going to continue to sip on this lovely pour and get into a little bit of news. Like I said, we we're a little bit behind. So I'm just kind of doing some bit of headlines here in both whiskey and gaming. Two of these are very, very recent, and they kind of overshadowed some of the other news that I had planned for this episode, and that is because these just came out um, in the past couple days from recordings. So the first one is Michter's Distillery announced that they will be withholding their 10-year-old bourbon um, until 2023. So um, if you're not familiar with Michter's, they do a few limited edition releases throughout the year. They usually do a toasted something, whether it's the bourbon or the rye, um, but they also do a 10-year-old bourbon and a 10-year-old rye. So I have been fortunate enough to try both of these before. I've also been fortunate enough to buy Michter's 10-year rye. Um, I think I bought it back in 2020, maybe even 2019. It's been a while since I've had it, which was a fantastic pour. One of my favorite bottles I've ever owned. Um, so the fact they're holding about the 10-year bourbon is a little bit, you know, disappointing as a consumer, but as well is, you know, a hot topic. I mean, to me personally, I haven't bought one in a few years. Um, I do know that I think I prefer the 10-year rye over the 10-year bourbon, just personal preference there. But, you know, I feel like they're kind of following the lead of uh, Buffalo Trace with George T. Stagg, you know, not making the lineup for this year. I think they're realizing, you know, hey, the demand is so high for our whiskey, we really don't want to screw up our reputation by putting out a subpar whiskey that could just tarnish our reputation, to be honest. I mean, let's say, you know, that the 10-year this year wasn't quite ready, it had an off-flavor profile, and reviewers started mentioning, hey, maybe Michter's isn't as great as they used to be, you know, like, what happened to Michter's? So, I totally respect their decision to hold it back this year. Will I miss it? Of course, of course. Michter's is a fantastic uh, distillery. They're getting a lot of really good whiskey that they're putting out, and, you know, it's a little bit of a bummer, but also, like, would I have bought this year's 10-year bourbon from Michter's? Most likely not. I would love to try it, but would I have bought a bottle for the, you know, suggested retail of about $160? Uh, probably not. Now, there are some interesting quotes from the people from the distillery, you know, what they have to say about the fact that they're not releasing it this year. Michter's president, um, Joseph J. Magliocho? Maglioso? Man, I don't know how to pronounce that name, but he, he's the president of Michter's. He says that over the more than two decades since we restarted Michter's in Kentucky, we have had several years where we've chosen to hold back particular offerings. Our goal is to put out the greatest American whiskey. When we think something is already wonderful, but will become spectacular with a bit more aging, we have not been shy about waiting to release it. When it comes to whiskey, there is no substitute for patience and time. And I totally respect that decision. I think if brands are rushing to put something out because it's just reached an age statement they want to put out, um, oftentimes I feel like, you know, we're getting, yeah, we're getting like, oh, this is a four-year-old versus a three-year-old. Um, but is that four-year-old actually ready yet? I don't really know so. So I think it's a smart decision. It's, it's, it's a very mature decision to make because um, a lot of these smaller distilleries, you know, they want to put out product really quickly. So the fact that Mictors is holding this one back is, I think, 
it's 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 a good look in in my book. I also want to mention that their master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, added that bourbon enthusiasts often tell us how much they love our ten-year-old bourbon for its depth and complexity. While we know our Michter supporters will be disappointed, just know we are continuing to stay true to our philosophies of who we are as a company and as a brand by always delivering extraordinary whiskeys to those who are willing to wait. So uh, cheers to you, Andrea and Joseph. I totally respect the decision. I'm very excited to see, you know, what comes of this. You know, will 2023's release of Michter's 10-year bourbon be the best one yet? We'll find out. Um, <laughs> preferably if they send me a sample to try for the podcast, then I'll definitely let you guys know for sure if it's worth buying um, but otherwise I'll definitely maybe try to find a friend that has a bottle or you know split a bottle with a friend um, but it's it's interesting news I'm curious to hear how you guys feel about that for me it's not really that big of a deal um, but it's, it's actually a very I, I think it's a good move to not release something that's not ready and our next bit of whiskey news is also very, very recent, because as of today, the day I'm recording this, which is Tuesday, um, the US and the UK have striked a deal to end tariffs on both British Steel, which is, you know, not relevant to the podcast, not that it's not a big deal, but not relevant to the podcast, and American whiskey. So this has apparently been an ongoing issue for a while. It was kind of like a retaliatory kind of move. Um, so a few years back, the U.S. implemented a 25% uh, tariff on American whiskeys going to the U.K., and that actually cut down on sales significantly. So apparently American whiskey is the fourth largest market of our exports going to the U.K., um, but sales have decreased by 42%. So going from 150 million to 88 million um, from 2018 to 2021. Um, in October 2021, the US and the EU announced an agreement to suspend for two years the 25% retaliatory tariff. Um, but now we're actually coming back around and actually getting rid of it completely. So I'm sure the UK listeners out there are going to be so excited about that. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Fred Minnick, who kind of compiled this info on his uh, website to kind of give me a little bit of a breakdown. I, I was reading from multiple sources of like this whole deal. Um, I didn't realize it had been going on for so long. Honestly, I don't pay too much attention to our US exports of American whiskey, but I really should, right? That's very important. It's something that we should always be aware of. Um, especially, you know, cause it does affect the prices of bourbon here. I mean, they got to make their money somewhere, right? <laughs> so actually last year in June of 2021, there was a similar agreement made, um, uh, between the UK and the U S with involving U S rum, brandy, vodka, single malt, scotch, single malt, Irish whiskey, liqueurs and cordials, um, as well as other, you know, cognacs and things like that. But it was not a thing for American whiskey. So we finally reached an agreement. Yes, they will get rid of their tariffs on their steel and we will get rid of our tariffs on American whiskey. There's a statement that was released by the Distilled Spirits Council president and CEO, Chris Swanger, who said that distillers throughout the United States are cheering the end of this long tariff nightmare. We toast the Biden administration for its resolve in bringing a stop to these punitive tariffs on American whiskey and securing the return to duty-free trade and spirits across the Atlantic. With the removal of the UK's debilitating retaliatory tariffs on American whiskey exports, US distillers are ready to fire up the stills and resume sharing the special taste, heritage, and quality of America's native spirit with our UK consumers. So congratulations to you guys out there. I think this is a positive move because I believe in sharing bourbon and American whiskey with whoever we can share it with, whether it's, you know, the UK, whether it's Japan, you know, I mean, whether it's, you know, the Ukraine, you know, screw Russia. <laughs> let's, let's, let's ban it in Russia if we can. I don't know for sure if we're even distributed in Russia, but uh, still, <laughs> that's one place I can get behind, you know, not sending our bourbon because like, you know, what... It, 
life is a little more awful without bourbon. So yeah, Russia, you can suffer. But <laughs> the rest of the world, I'm very excited to, to share American whiskey, and I'm so glad that this has been restored. Um, if you are a UK listener to the podcast, let me know how you feel about this. I would love to have your perspective um, on this. If you want to, you know, send a message to the podcast or, you know, our community in general, you can go to our Bourbon Bites Discord community. Just go to bourbonbites.com, scroll to the bottom, and click on Discord. You'll be the first to know about every new live stream that's coming out, as well as every podcast, as well as contribute to questions and uh, conversations and whiskey news that I that I put on the podcast. You guys really do help make this podcast happen. So thank you so much to everyone that's on Discord, um, whether you're a patron or just a listener or a viewer. I really do appreciate you guys and everyone that's joined recently. Welcome. Glad to have you all there. So in addition to this whiskey news, I do have a couple pieces of gaming news that I want to let you guys know about. The first of which is for all of you Kirby fans out there, there is a special Kirby 30th anniversary concert that will be live streamed for free on the internet on August 11th. So this is called the Kirby 30th Anniversary Music Fest. It is a tribute to the entire series, every game that's come out. There's going to be an ensemble of 35 musicians performing a variety of genres in the Kirby universe. So this is gonna be a combination of original medleys of songs from past titles in the series, as well as some new takes on that music as well. So there will be a large LED monitor at the venue, which will also feature a moving Kirby. <laughs> so it seems like they're gonna be very, um, it's gonna be a very visual and auditory experience. Again, that is on August 11th. It will be live streamed online. So um, as soon as I know the links and info for that, I'll definitely share with you guys over on Discord and uh, Patreon. So um, let me know. Are there any Kirby fans in the house? What was your favorite Kirby game? Maybe I should play it. And lastly, a bit of turtle power here. There is a new collection of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's called the Kawabunga Collection. So this is a compilation of all 13 console and arcade games, as well as their regional versions and handheld releases that are coming out this year. So if you are a Ninja Turtle fan and you've played some of the games in the past, your game will be included. I'm so excited. I played a lot of these games at arcades. I think my favorite is the Turtles in Time arcade game. And they are also bringing that to this collection. You and up to three friends can have the full arcade experience at home, on the couch, or online. So they're really bringing the full arcade experience, and I'm so excited to hear that. They're also bringing all the 8-bit and 16-bit Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games you've ever played, which will have a combination of local multiplayer as well as online play. So I'm really looking forward to this coming out. There was not a release date announced. Um, as far as I know, I'll definitely be picking that one up. Hopefully you guys will too so I can play you online. I'd love to do some Turtles in Time um, arcade multiplayer because, again, one of my favorite games to play, even like nowadays. It's also like the inspiration behind this channel. I mean, you know, combining video games and whiskey is just like something that... I I love in life and hopefully you guys love it too that's why you're listening and watching along so while you keep listening and enjoying i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up for this week thank y'all so much for listening um in the next couple of weeks i'm gonna have a few new podcasts coming out that are actually a round table from my local whiskey group a few friends and i got together to do a blind flight um a little bit of map madness training as well as some jack daniels koi hill um hazmat uh, Tennessee whiskeys. We did a blind flight of that as well. I don't, I haven't listened back to that recording. I think we got really, really toasty with that Jack Daniels there, but it was a ton of fun getting a chance to do that with other people. So hopefully you guys like those coming out uh, soon, but until next time, this has been Bourbon Bites Whiskey Reviews with a gaming twist. I'm Clifton. Cheers, and I'll talk to you next podcast.